Well, that was certainly a game for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, a blowout loss to a team that has just caused so much heartache, whatever word you want to call it, for over the last uh, three decades, well before even I was born. Heck, I wasn't even alive for what happened in 1993, but if I was, um, probably would still be haunted by it, like a lot of you listeners are that are a lot older than me and you know, going way back. Uh, as well into the 70s and the 80s when they still had their number. But, you know, big-time blowout loss for the Penguins against the Islanders last night, all, uh, tonight, excuse me, all along line one. For this episode, we're going to fully recap this one, even though there's really not much to recap. But, you know, we're going to get into um, the problems that this team has right now. Again, they're not that many, but there are still problems with this team. We're going to preview the game against the Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, we'll also get into other things that I noticed from this game. But, you know, we'll mainly get into some of the problems that I have been noticing the last few day, few games, some other ones that have been season-long problems. And then, again, we will preview the game against the Red Wings a little later on in the show. And it all starts right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at <clears throat> Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day no episode on monday was going to record one but you know realized that you know it's kind of still a national I, I, the day after christmas was still considered a holiday for the country and i figured you know i've been doing you know a lot of good content for you all just want to take the day off and just you know just you know focus on what's coming and this is a big week for the penguins and it started off on a really bad note funny enough just because this game is so bad i'm actually recording this episode with 10 minutes left in the third period no, I'm not going to reverse jinx it here. They are down five to one. They are probably going to lose five to one. If not worse, I'll keep obviously checking to see who scored and we'll, we'll break those goals down. But this has been a complete dud for your Penguins. Um, I got bad vibes right from the for opening face off. Well, yeah, opening a few seconds, I would say. Then, you know, sure enough, the Islanders score a little over a minute into the game because the Penguins have been allergic to starting games on time. At times over the last week, Anders Lee, who has killed the Penguins in the past, he got the goal scoring started. Penguins were able to tie it somehow later on in the first period. P.O. Joseph got the goal originally. I thought it was going to Brock McGinn, but it looked like it was just a weird bounce past Sorokin. Um, <clears throat> you know, I put out a tweet that McGinn was on pace for 23 goals and was shooting 20% with that goal. He, he still is on pace for, I believe, 22, oh, 20, 22 at this point and is shooting 19.8% this season, which is absolutely ridiculous. But POJ gets his second goal in six games. That was nice. Everything after that, though, was a total and utter disgrace. Um, I'm not allowed to say bad words on this show just because I don't want to get in trouble. But um, the Penguins got their butts whooped tonight. If you want to use a worse word, you can say it there. I'm not going to say it. They just got their butts whooped. You know, you can rinse it. Wash it, put in the garbage, burn the tape. You go on to Wednesday. Everything about this performance stunk. Um, I, I was looking at natural Statric heading into the third period, and I wanted to, uh, just, you know, rip my face off, really. 
Uh, Islanders were leading in high danger chances, 13 to three. They were doubling them up in shot attempts or other words, Corsi scoring chances. They were doubling them up as well. It's gotten worse in the third period. Um, Everyone on the Penguins no show tonight outside of maybe P.O. Joseph and Brock McGinn. I think those two players have, have had pretty good games. Everyone else, top line, second line, especially the third line, the fourth line, everyone defensively outside of POJ has been bad. No other way to say it. I mean, they, 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 everyone has just been awful. And, you know, it all started out tonight with, oh, guess who was on the ice? Drum roll, please. Oh, Ryan Dumoulin, again, on the ice for another goal. And you all know me that you, you've listened to this podcast, or if you haven't listened to this podcast, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a big plus minus guy. I've just never been into the stat. I think it's a very flawed stat just because, oh, you know, you're on the ice for some some goals against versus some goals for. But when it comes to Dumoulin, it seems like he's just on the ice for every big goal against. And, you know, it's not hard to see. He's washed right now. It was bad at the end of last season. They took a gamble coming into this season. They thought it was going to get better. And you know what? Okay, you took that chance. You've seen him help you win two Stanley Cups. That's fine. I would have traded him during the offseason. That's just me personally. They decided not to. They said, okay, we're going to give us another go. He has a year left on his contract, but it's gone bad. It doesn't matter if he's played with Crystal Tank. It doesn't matter if he's played with Jan Ruta. It doesn't matter if he's played you know, with Jeff Petrie or anyone like that. He has stunk. He looks to be in no man's land every single time he is on the ice. I'm not going to sit here and say it's Jack Johnson level bad because I think, you know, some people have some, you know, reverence history when it comes to uh, that. And trust me, uh, there's no bigger critic than me when it came to the Jack Johnson deal. He was awful. But I don't think Dumoulin has approached that territory yet, but it is getting close. Penguins are lucky that his contract is up after the season. But in terms of right now, with how good the team has been playing, don't forget, Jens, team was 8-1-1 and one and one coming into this game. Two losses to Carolina. They had a, you know, 17 points out of, 17 out of 20 points in the last 10 games. They're fine. You know, again, this isn't a game you burn the tape. You don't watch it again. You just say, hey, not our night. You have a game tomorrow against the Red Wings. I'll get to that a little bit later. You move on. You're still in a playoff spot. Yes, I understand the Eastern Conference is a bit tougher this season, but you know every game, every team gets blown out a few times each season. That's just that's just how the NHL works. But you know, in terms of Dumoulin, this isn't just a tonight problem either. And again, I know the whole team stunk, but in terms of this player, he has been brutal for the last several weeks to the last several months. Remember on Thursday. Penguins get that massive lead against the Hurricanes. Brian Rust, goal of the year for the Penguins. Less than eight minutes to go in the third. You're trying to protect that lead. Who was on the ice when Jordan Stahl has the wraparound goal? And who allows him to score that wraparound goal? Sure, you can blame Tristan for being a little overly aggressive. But doing way out of position. Puck goes off his sticking in because he's not able to get across in time. Boom, he got roasted. Tonight, he was roasted for not one, but two. At least two goals um, from what I got from my notes. It just hasn't been good enough at all. And I think serious questions need to be asked to Mike Sullivan about why he continues to play him. I get it. The only other defenseman you have as an extra right now is Mark Freeman. But 
Is he really going to hurt you the way Dumoulin has for the last several weeks to the last several months? I just, I don't understand the logic in it. Okay, sure. Oh, he's helped us win cups. He's a veteran, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, sure, that conversation is going to be tough, but he's not doing anything good on a nightly basis anymore. He's sure as heck not scoring. He's not producing any points at all, even when when it comes to assists. He's not defending well. He's not seeing the ice well at all. His first pass has gone, you know, to complete crap too. What is he doing well right now that warrants him a spot in the lineup every single night? If someone can come answer that question for me, I would, I will love you forever, truly. And, you know, I just, I wish someone that's in that locker room right now or after this game or going into the game against Detroit would ask Sullivan why he continues to play him. You know, if I had press credentials for most games during the season, and I'm hopeful at some point during the season that the show will get granted that because I would love to be up there with you know some of the media people that have come on the show. You know, I would hopefully at some point get to ask that question, but you know, I don't. That's not the reality we live in right now. So I would love if you know someone that's covering the games in person would just would love to ask that. You know, just because. I don't know what Mike is seeing and, you know, he knows a hell of a lot more than, uh, um, about hockey than I do and a hell, a hell of a lot more about hockey than I ever will. Uh, it's no, no secret, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm confused as to why he continues to play him top four minutes, even with Petrie out and in just high leverage situations. Um, it's, he is not the same anymore. And the same honestly goes for Jeff Carter. He was a corpse on numerous goals tonight as well, just being stuck in no man's land. It's like, okay, okay, maybe you can try moving him to wing. I've seen a couple takes about that saying you could get some value out of him there. Okay, sure. I'm not personally optimistic, but that's your opinion if you think you if you think he can be um, more valuable there. But you know, <clears throat> what is he also doing to warrant a roster spot on an every night basis? Those two contracts and just those for those two players. They are killing this team right now. And I don't think enough people... I don't think enough people who are around the team every day are talking about it enough. That is how I think I wanted to frame it. You know, I, I, I know what everyone is saying on social media. The fan base, everyone wants them gone. You know, as someone who does a podcast on this team every day and someone who covers the team... Yes, I would prefer if they were not in the lineup every night because they are not really bringing anything of value. Jeff Carter has four goals in 30-plus games this year, one of which is an empty netter. So if you take that away, he has th- three goals. Brian Dumoulin has barely produced at all this season. Is not good defensively. <clears throat> Both these things have to change, and they have to really consider making some lineup changes with that. Now, I don't know if Sullivan will. I talked about it on Thursday that um, <clears throat> he just doesn't seem like the coach right now who's going to make those decisions. But, you know... I feel like he kind of owes it to the team with how they've been playing to do it. I just, you know, they continue to make mistake after mistake and they're not being punished for it. Yet, if someone was up here from Wilkes-Barre Scranton, like, for example, Drew O'Connor, he played four minutes on Thursday night. He's a Wilkes-Barre kid. And he played fine. He actually, I thought the Penguins had a couple good scoring chances on the four, um, when he was on the ice for the fourth line. But he, he's only playing fourth minutes for reasons. But yet you're playing Carter and Dumoulin higher up on the lineup 
because they're veterans, because they've won cups, even though they're making way more mistakes. I don't know. I just don't really see, I just don't think that's fair. At least that's me. But those were the two, um, just the the, the two main players who I think really stunk tonight. And I I even tweeted this out on my Twitter um, for those that don't follow me. You know, it's just, it's a shame that both Carter and Dumoulin have tanked this badly because they have been great at times while they've been here. You know, Carter was fantastic for this team when he came over during the COVID shortened season for part, first half of last season. He was awesome. After he signed that contract, <laughs> tanked it. Brian Newell was fine during the COVID season. Last season started off fine. <laughs> tanked it. They took a chance on him. <laughs> Even worse. So, you know, it, it would behoove them if they could figure something out with those two players is I think how I want to wrap up. Um, this segment coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into why this loss should not really be a big deal uh, for the ends and why, you know, every, again, every team has this kind of loss, but I'll dive deeper into that here. But before we get to that, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional name merchant league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or to use mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I am just making sure here that no one else has scored, and sure enough, nobody has scored. So, um, would not be surprised if this does end up being a 5-1 final. But again, you know, let, let's go into just this game as a whole. They stunk. You know, the vibe check was not there um, at the start of the game. And this is, this is an, you know, there are not many teams that really have the Penguins number. You know, they've usually done well against the Rangers, especially in the playoffs. I know they lost this past year, but they, they played well against them. Capitals, they usually play well against them, though they lost the season series last year, but that's the first time they've lost, they've lost the season series in the last decade, I'm pretty sure. They usually play well against the Flyers, <clears throat> well, at least in the Sid Gino era. Um, before that, the whole Philadelphia spectrum was just awful. Um, play well, obviously, against the Blue Jackets. All right, maybe they struggle a bit against the Devils, but it's always been the Islanders for whatever reason, whether it's the 70s where they blew that 3 nothing series lead, the 80s. And I just won their four cups or the nineties when in 1993, you all know what happened and I'm not going to bring it up, but I kind of just did. Or, you know, you got the playoff series from these last couple of years. Doesn't matter the year, the decade, the team, they always give the penguins fits. Don't know what it is. It's their kryptonite. I think Um, that franchise curses the penguins i am pretty sure the penguins have been it's just a it literally is a curse i I think that's all i really have with that but man just a total dud tonight and i am going to check natural stat trick right now to show you all these stats again i looked at it at the end of the second period not much has changed right now with a few minutes remaining in the game Islanders have 62% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They have 68% of the scoring chances, 72% of the high danger chances, and 66% of the expected goals. High danger wise, 
16 for the Islanders, 6 for the Penguins. 34 scoring chances for the Islanders, 16 for the Penguins. 66 shot attempts for, for the Islanders, 40 for the Penguins. If you go to all situations, 74 shot attempts for the Islanders, 44 for the Penguins. 39 scoring chances, 18 for the Penguins. 19 high danger chances for the Islanders, 6 for the Penguins. And the Islanders also had 66.3% of the expected goals. Butt kicking. You want to use another word? Go ahead. I'm not going to say it. But <clears throat> they got what they deserved in this matchup. It was a minor miracle. I should rephrase that. It was a major miracle that this day this game was tied up heading into the second period. They started to find their legs a little bit more at the end of the first, but then they got their teeth kicked in the second period. They never were able to recover in the third period, at least so far. Well, there's four minutes left. So basically the entire um, third period. And, you know, this is the kind of result that you see. 5-1. Easily, I think, their worst performance of the season. If anyone can find me a worse performance than this one, please go ahead and tell me. This team had a seven-game losing streak a couple months ago. I do not think they had a, a, a performance as bad as this one because they led in most of those games. They just kept choking them away because their penalty kill and their goaltending stung. And I'm not really even going to blame Tristan Jari that much on this one because I thought his defense was really bad. You know, namely by Newman, but I think Chris Tang looked a little rough. Marcus Pedersen had a rare off game. We don't really see that from him. Um, Jan Ruta fan on a couple easy shot attempts from the point. Wasn't that good defensively. Um, Everyone in front of them stunk. And it's a shame because Tristan had that 14-game point streak heading into this game, was one away from tying uh, the all-time record that that is still held by Tom Barrasso. But if Tristan had won this game or gotten a point, he would have tied the all-time record for the most um, consecutive games, at least with a point. Um, for a Penguins goaltender. So really unfortunate way to lose this. But again, this is a, this is a classic game where, you know, you crumble up a piece of paper, throw it. Goodbye. You know, that, that's that's really it. Um, I'm not really going to freak out too much about this one. They'll see that team three more times later on the season. I'm more concerned about the game on Wednesday and how the Penguins look in that one because the Red Wings will come into that game um, with about a week off. Uh, between games because they have their Christmas break. The Penguins don't have that, you know, back-to-back fatigue excuse because they didn't really show up tonight. So I do expect a much better performance in that game on Wednesday. And we're going to preview that um, directly in just a couple minutes. But yeah, I understand there's a, there's a few problems I touched on in the first segment. I get it. Um, I know the team no-showed tonight. I understand that they are in a very big playoff race right now, but I really don't think there are that many problems with this team i was texting with a buddy of mine telling yes the game did just go final five to one so i'm glad that i was able to start recording um with about 10 minutes left but um my my buddy was texting me saying i will judge this team fully once they make some additions slash subtractions excuse me towards the trade deadline and i think that's fair to say you know the team right now it's not going to be the team you see after february march i think ron hextall or he should um, tinker with this team, whether it's moving Brian Dumont out, if you can find a taker, whether it's somehow moving Jeff Carter out, if you can find a taker, but I don't expect those things to happen. But if you can get upgrades over them at the trade deadline, I, that would certainly um, improve things. But, you know, this is not the roster you are going to see past the trade deadline. So I do think that that's a very good statement to remember, you know, to know that this is not going to be the final version of the penguins so just you know 
err on the side of, I guess, caution maybe is, is a decent word for it. But again, games like this happen. Every team gets blown out at times. It's just everyone everyone just knows that this team has, has been playing at an elite level for the last couple of months where they have hardly been losing. Again, they've been 8-1-1 and one and one in the last 10 games and, what, 15-3-2 and three and two in their last 20. It's very rare to see them lose. But they're fine. I think they're going to be fine on Wednesday. You're going to see a much better performance against the Detroit Red Wings. And we're going to preview that matchup, I will say, coming up right after these messages. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRS for Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, Penguins Red Wings coming to you all on Wednesday. I will have a full game recap for that one for my Wednesday episode. So, um, you know, you can listen to the recap for this one um, during your day on Wednesday if you want um, to catch up. And then, obviously, if you want to listen to the preview now, you can do that um, as well. If that makes sense, you know, I, I think it does. Anyways, getting right into it. Um, the Red Wings come into this game pretty banged up. Philip Zadina is out. Jacob Verana um, is still out. He is not injured. Um, he's out for personal reasons. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi, he has also been hurt. Riley Fabry is hurt. Mark Pizik is out. Um, but this is the Red Wings team that has improved this season. Um, you know, they made a lot of additions coming into the season. They signed David Perron, former Pittsburgh Penguin. They signed him. Cop, they signed Dominic Kubelik. You know, Steve Eiserman was given the green light to finally spend and, and you know and to improve this rebuild. And you know, sure enough, he has done just that. Now the Red Wings, they're 14, 11, and 7. So if you look at their record, they are below 500. They are out of the playoff picture right now. So this should be a game that the Penguins should win. But again, there are no guarantees in the NHL that you know, for example, the Islanders came into this game struggling mightily. The last couple of weeks, and then they and they just blew them out on Long Island. So, you know, again, there are no guarantees. But um, for the Red Wings, this is a team they've lost seven of their last ten games, but they have won um, their last game coming into this one. They had a nice strong start, but things have gone down as of late. Looking at their lineup, Michael Rasmussen with Dylan Larkin and David Perron. Larkin, obviously the big one there. He's been a point. He's been a basically a point per game player um, at times throughout his career, especially the last couple of years, if I, if I, recall, if I recall correctly, he is very good. Um, I think he's their best player, bar none. Adam Ernie with Andrew Kopp and Lucas Raymond. Uh, Raymond had a really good season last year, but is in a sophomore slump right now where he is just not scoring like he was last year. Dominic Kubelik with Pius Suter and Oscar Sundquist, former Penguin, on the third line. Um, Soderblom, Joe Valeno um, on the fourth line with uh, Jonathan Berggren. Another one of their young players. Defensively, I do not understand why they're putting Mo Sider with Ben Sherratt. Um, that pairing has had awful numbers this season. In terms of Corsi, they are well below 50%. Scoring chances in high danger are right there as well. It just kind of screams like, Yins remember when several years ago they tried putting Rob Skidder with Chris Tang to be like his security blanket? That is what um, the Red Wings are doing right now with Sherratt and Mo Sider. Because Sider one of the best young defensemen in the league, um, bar none. Uh, he is incredible. Um, but it's not hard to see why he has struggled this season. It's because they continue to put Ben Sherrod up there. So that could favor the Penguins. Obviously, um, Sider, excuse me, is incredible with the puck on his stick. He can do things that um, not a lot of other defensemen can do. He reminds me of a very young Nick Lidstrom 
I kind of reminds me of like a, like a mix of Lindstrom and Rafalski and Brian Rafalski. He is just on another level. Uh, he's incredible. Uh, Jake Wallman and Philip Heronik on their second pairing, and then Oli Mata and uh, Jordan, uh, former Penguin Oli Mata, is on the third pairing there. So for the Red Wings, you know, for, for this game for the Penguins, um, you know, just obviously play better uh, than they did on Tuesday. That's the easy thing to say, but you know, if they can get more traffic in front of the net, cut down on some of these defensive lapses that they've been having these last couple of games, I do think they can skate away with the W, the Red Wings goaltenders this season, Vili Huso and Alex Adelkovich. I would expect Huso, I think, to go in this game. Uh, he's been pretty solid for the Red Wings as their 1A goaltender. Special teams obviously matter a lot. The Penguins come into that game ranked uh, tied for first and penalty kill percentage. I know the power play streak did come to an end in this game. It was 10 straight games heading into the game against Islanders that they had scored a power play goal. That has ended. The Penguins will try to start a new one on Wednesday against Red Wings. So that will matter a lot. Cutting down the defensive lapses, I would expect Casey DeSmith to start in that game unless they feel like Tristan can go back-to-back. But with how Mike Sullivan has done back-to-backs throughout his time here, um, I would expect a Smith to get the start in this one. But the Penguins really don't have the excuse of, oh, it's a back-to-back. They didn't really show up on Tuesday. Um, I would expect Mike Sullivan to really give them an earful um, in the locker room right after this loss. And I'm curious to see what he also says in the media as well. He is not going to be a happy camper, um, to say the least. But um, again, game that the Penguins should win. Again, there are no guarantees in the NHL, but I do like the Penguins' chances in this one, they break this little two-game losing streak and get back on track before they will play the New Jersey Devils on Friday, which is the day before New Year's Eve. So I think that will do it for this one for the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. The Penguins, um, in the season series against the Red Wings last year, they absolutely blew them out um, in two of the games. Uh, one was in Detroit, one was in Pittsburgh. I believe they won two of the three against them. So they've had some good success against the Red Wings coming into this uh, game. We'll see if that can continue. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I know a lot of this episode was kind of a Debbie Downer one because the Penguins played like absolute crap on Tuesday night, but you know, those kind of games happen and we'll have to see how they respond. I would expect a big response, especially with the game being at home when they expect a good crowd at PPG. But again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday where we will fully recap that game against the Red Wings. Talk to you all then.